so because he understands their problems so much better, the challenges, the obstacles that they face, he can connect with them, mm. right? And provide solutions that, you know, they buy into and that they actually need, right? Sort of like you going through the experience as an athlete. Exactly. Hello, everyone. It's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport, a podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport, which is an industry-leading supplement company with all NSF for Sport supplements and education geared to help elevate the industry and support fit pros. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer. And today, before I introduce you, we have a very unique setup. We've never been on camera before. No. Um... And I don't have a headset, so we're going really outside the comfort zone. But uh, so, Dave, David, which would you prefer going? Both by? work. D, big D. Uh, no, you can you okay. can skip that one. Yeah, okay. let's keep it formal. Formal, okay, David. Um, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, I know that you're a trainer, strength coach uh, out here in Ottawa, but um, I think you went down the traditional, untraditional route of like the Poliquin sort of education line and. Um, what got you into personal training? What got you into strength coaching? Yeah. So, um, you know, I own a gym here in town called uh, Point One. I have a small team underneath me and uh, we're focused on personal training. So um, the backstory of it is I played university basketball and my last here year- Here in the US? Yeah, here, okay. here in Canada. Yeah. And uh, my last year, I woke up one day, couldn't run, couldn't jump. And uh, turns out I had about a toonie-sized hole in the cartilage of my femur. So- the majority of our listeners are American. Can you show us? Because now we have camera. Oh, yeah. What's a toonie sized hole? Toonie probably, uh, you know, double the size of a quarter, right? So about that big. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, what ended up happening was uh, anytime I'd run or jump, that was just bone on bone impact. And within about a week, my quad shrunk to the size of my arm. Come on. Yeah. Like you have big arms. <laughs> yeah, big I didn't have big then? arms no? back then, okay. right? You know, you're playing basketball for 40 hours a week. Uh, so long story short, uh, I have this surgery, you know, it's, it was very underwhelming because the surgeon's just like, this is what we're going to do. Good luck. Right. Like, and, uh, the funny part was too, he, uh, sold me some shots of PRP, which is basically your own blood. And that did nothing. When was this? This would have been about 2010. So that's when PRP, I think just started yeah. getting out there. Yeah. Did you have the massive needle that went in? Yep. Massive oh, needle. So hurt? they, they, they spin it in a centrifuge and, uh, they kind of, it separates into layers. So you have this thick white layer that they, they inject back into you. Uh, it didn't hurt, but it was really expensive at the time. So I think for all the shots, I ended up paying about three grand. Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, right. So and you're just out of university too. American. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, so all of that did absolutely nothing. Right. So I went from, you know, what you could call the highest amateur level of sport to being able to do absolutely nothing, start getting completely out of shape, right? Like life just kind of spirals downhill. And uh, at one point, I kind of just got sick of it and started searching for answers. That's when I started coming across Poliquin stuff. Was it on uh, T Nation first? Is that where you used to write a lot of No, stuff? no. At that point, I think Charles actually had his website. And if you recall, there was just so much good information on there, right? And so uh, the crazy part was Charles had an article about cutting out gluten and inflammation, right? And you know, I gave that a shot for about a week and I went from not being able to do anything to be able to run again. Right. And such a simple change just kind of. And gave- that was before, like, I think I went gluten free in 2012. Yeah. And that was before it was easy to go gluten free. Exactly. Like now you right. have like, um, Siete wraps and like all these other gluten free yep. options. But yep. back then it was like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, then I kind of started going down the Polycon rabbit hole, right? Like, um, learning his training techniques, you know, more on the nutrition and supplementation. And, you know, basically I got my life back, right? You know, uh, it was crazy because for a lot of us as athletes, like you, you invest so much time into it, it becomes your identity. And uh, when you lose it, you're lost. Um, so yeah, you know what? I really do owe it to Charles. He kind of gave me my life back mm-hmm. and set the foundation for um, what allowed me then kind of gave me the tools because other people saw, hey, you made this huge transition with your knee. Like, you know, my first couple clients were all people who needed help with their knees. And, uh, you know, they asked me for help and then it kind of exp- started expanding from there, right? Like you get a few people really good results and then it just started blowing up. Yeah. And everyone's familiar now with um, Ben Patrick, but not a lot of people know, like he was a mentee of Charles and a lot of this stuff actually came from Charles. Yep. And it was like the same thing you're learning here. Like you can regain your knee health and yep. with proper training, diet. I actually want to touch on that a bit because um, 
you know, I, do, I coach a few people. I, I use something called MRT coach, I, the mediator release test. I don't know if you're familiar, no, with, not it. familiar with it. Yeah. It's a, it's a blood draw where they pull out like, um, how inflammatory a food is to you. So it's like a food sensitivity test, but focuses more on like histamine release. Yep. Um, and I tell people, I'm like, this is the simplest thing, but the most difficult thing. Whereas a lot of people like to go to the complicated thing that's simplest. So like when you did PRP, like that's an easy thing. Like it's, painful and you got to find a doctor to do it but you hand over your money they take your blood they inject you versus like going gluten-free and fixing your diet simple but difficult and um i know you're big into biohacking so how much of your philosophy is based on like the simple but difficult versus the difficult but simple yeah you know so kind of going back to it um one of charles's things was you know if you want to reach a high level you have to master the fundamentals mm -hmm. right and um the way I see all of that is there's just so many of these fundamentals that people miss and uh, almost negate and right, they all want a magic pill, right? But we kind of know the truth that if uh, you want to reach high levels and you want to get sustainable results, there's no magic pill. You do have to put in the work and make some, some, some big changes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you find um, when you're working with people, like how much resistance do you think they have to doing the basic foundations versus like do you find people are more drawn to the complicated, fancy, flashy stuff? Uh, you know what? So uh, I think I'm kind of in a lucky position where because we pretty much exclusively work with people one on one, mm -hmm. right? They're making a big investment up front and that investment actually kind of signals their commitment, how much they're willing to let go. So we kind of have the chance to, you know, talk to them, let them listen and say, hey, just kind of trust the process and we're going to kind of make the easiest, most impactful changes to start, right? As opposed to you know, trying to give you a magic pill, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, when a lot of coaches are starting out, they, and this sort of what Charles sort of imprints it on us, like get really good at split squatting, get really good at step ups, yep. like get really good at the, the basics. basics. Yep. Um, Cause I think people freak out and they try to, how do we get the most complicated, impactful thing? Try to trick, you know, let's get the client something flashy. So they're bought into right. us. But do you find now, cause you've been how long over a decade you've been strength coaching? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you find over the decade of experience, like really just sticking to those consistent basics? Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, like I kind of tell it for people, if I could only pick one exercise, you know, it's squatting, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can use squatting to get stronger, to build muscle, to lose fat. Um, so that is one that's a foundation within all our programs. Uh, same thing in the upper body, right? Like you want to get strong upper body, you want to lose fat, you want to build muscle. There's all your pressing, you know, you have your overhead bench, incline, decline, or dip. And then your chin up variations, right? Um, obviously, it doesn't make it sexy for the gram and all that sort of stuff, but people are happy with the end result that, uh, you know, when it's all said and done. And when you were an athlete, how often were you training properly looking back now? Oh, absolutely never, right? I was self taught. And, you know, chances are um, because of that, you know, made a lot of mistakes. And that's where, you like know, you would have been in the NBA now if you had <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, I can dream, but I, I didn't have that uh, kind of level of talent. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. G League. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So d the self taught nature, like, where were you, like, where were you getting information back then when you were just training yourself? So it was really funny. Um, at that time, it was still really difficult to find information. The internet was still relatively new. Mm -hmm. My whole athletic background actually started with, uh, and a lot of people, if uh, they're our age, they might remember this. It was air alert, right? <laughs> How are you my age? I'm 36. Uh, I'm 38. Okay. Yeah. What's air alert? So air alert was like one of the first plyometric programs to hit the internet. And it was just after, you know, those platform PX shoes. 90 or 90. Oh yeah. I think that was a bit after, yeah, but that yeah. was more on the, the physique side. Right. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, air alert was plyometrics, you know, and it was kind of crazy. I ran that program looking back on it, it was probably pretty crap, but luckily, uh, you know, I was able to get some results out of it and that kind of snowballed things for me there. Right. Did you have the platform shoes you were jumping? No, on? no, oh. we were too poor to afford those. So yeah. Is that part of the program though? You're supposed to have them? No, no, no. Those, oh. those were like another gimmick, right? Where like, the whole idea was you walk around on your toes and then your calves just explode from, uh, all that volume and start jumping in them. Yeah. It's like that new trend on Instagram now. They show a guy like doing this weird stretch. Like you'll gain two to three inches of height yeah. if you do the stretch every morning. Yeah. So the scams haven't stopped. It's no, just exactly. Vehicles. Yeah. But what do you do to cut through the noise now? Because I think like for the coaches listening, ones who've been around for a while, I think understand certain things. But the ones just starting, like how do you 
because we were lucky we found Charles Young and like that was a good guiding light. But how do you sift through all the BS like this? You almost have to ask yourself who's gotten results but shouldn't have. You know what I mean? So it's kind of crazy. Like if you have LeBron James as a client, right? Like cool, LeBron James would be LeBron James, you know, right. Without a but trainer. the guy who like, who's a fringe leaguer and then he's in the league for 10. Exactly. Years, right. Yeah. Like someone who shouldn't be there. Right. So, you know, they have to prove demonstrable results and that, that and, it, and it's, it's funny, right? Cause a lot of people get their information off social media, Instagram and YouTube now, and they're learning all that sort of stuff. And I think it's a good introduction, but the truth is there's so much terrible info out there. Right. And, um, so, you know, can this person show that they actually got results? If you're looking at an Instagram influencer and it's just all them, but they've never posted anything about their clients, right? Like, you know, you got to have to take that with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. You know what I think worries me about maybe the younger generation doesn't go through it, but let's say ours slightly younger and older is I think we were programmed at a young age that like you turned on the TV, you saw someone with a mic, you gave them like this instant credibility, uh, credibility. Yeah. and now like even looking at us like we're on a mic and anyone get on a mic and right. anyone can post on instagram and the one thing we're trying to do at dfs it's like one of our mantras is like elevate the industry yeah and the reason we say that is like it's such a low like it's a joke charles used to tell but like what do you call the person who finishes last in med school i don't know a doctor yeah right so but <laughs> yeah. like there's still a barrier to become yeah. a doctor yeah. so you still had to go to med school and yeah. like you could have gone a low mark but you're a doctor but with training it's like there's no barrier. There's no barrier. So right. you have things like, what do we have here? Um, what's it called? It's the basic one Good Life has. Oh, the CanFit Pro. CanFit Pro. Right. But it's like, and I'm not putting them down, but it's like basic. Yeah. You know, from when I took it, it seemed like pretty old information, like not updated. Yep. But like, what what are the barriers? Because I could right now uncertified start training people. Exactly. Right. Like you'd um, have a grandmother come off the street and start yeah. training people. Right. Yeah. So like learning how to sort of disassociate from what's garbage and what's good. Yeah, so there's there's some critical thinking to it, right? Yeah. Um, the other half to it too is putting into practice yourself, right? Like it's, it's just absolutely insane how many trainers don't train themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're learning new techniques, new ideas, methodologies, you have to try that out on yourself before doing it with other clients as well, right? And then uh, that, that kind of lets you start, start cutting through the noise, figuring out what's working, what's not, right? Yeah. So... You're 38. You've been training people for quite a long time. Like from what I know about you, you're a constant student. And that's sort of a, you know, we've had Dave Lawrence on, Ron Inserta on, um, John McDowell, like all these guys who've been around for a while. And the one common that I've noticed is this desire to be like a forever student. Yeah. So was that something that you had to work on or was it just sort of an unspoken thing in yourself where you're like, I know the learning's never done. You know what? Actually, that was something that I picked up from Charles that he really emphasized, yeah. right? Charles gave so much to this industry, but I think that's one of the biggest ideas that I think has a huge impact, right? Like if I recall correctly, when I started learning from one of his things was, you know, you should be investing at least eight hours a week into just pure learning, right? The interesting part about that too is, you know, I found there's points in your career where you're doing that, things are moving great. And then, you know, sometimes priorities have to shift. Yeah. yeah. And when you get away from that, right? Like um, when you're not growing into your job, you feel like you stagnate, you don't enjoy it as much, right? So, you know, there always needs to be a bit of a balance where there's learning and application, but 100%, I think that's not just in personal training, but any industry, you know, you have to do your best to keep learning and keep trying to get better. Yeah, it's, so I have a coach that I work with. Um, more of a mind coach than physical, but he he put this thing in my head, and it's you no person you can't read the same book twice, and you can't take the same course twice. Mm -hmm. So not that you can't actually read the same book twice, but yeah. the person reading the book the first time and you as a person reading it the second time are not the same. Correct. So yeah. that's why, like, even um, I think Ron was telling me he took metabolic analytics or whatever variation of it like once a year for so many years and he's like i kept learning new tips mm -hmm. like there's always some little thing to uncover yeah and absolutely and, and you know um kind of going back to that too right like if let's say a book for example is actually really good you'll revisit revisit it multiple times and again pick up new things and uh kind of what you were saying before you know sometimes you're at a different place in your life and uh or you have a different mindset or a different viewpoint and then you can pick up ideas and see it from a different angle as well, right? So um, I think that's one too where, you know, with uh, 
social media, it's just all quick dopamine hits. A lot of the best results come from really trying to dig down into a system and apply it, right? Yeah, it's almost like the, um, I think we were developed, like Huberman's bringing a lot of attention to this, the idea of like we're designed to struggle and that's where the benefits come out of it. Like you need long dopamine hits versus these short, quick wins. Yep. But it's crazy. So many people want to just learn things quickly and they don't want to enjoy the process. Yeah. And it, and, and, and really too, I find in personal training, like um, it's such a uh, tacit skill, like you have to do it. So until you've done it and put it into practice quite a bit, I don't think you truly understand it, mm-hmm. right? You can learn all the theory that you want, but let's say you're trying to learn the bench press, right? Like at some point you have to get under the bar. No, no amount of theory is actually going to make up for that. Do you think... One thing I've witnessed and tell me if you agree, it's like there's two types of trainer, like two extremes to it. The guy who just all action, no, no, uh, thought. And the one who gets stuck in like, like we've all been to the course, the, 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 the perpetual asking, seminar takers, yeah, right? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. So like I said, there's a fine balance, right? You know, you learn, you apply, go back, learn something new from uh, a business perspective too, right? Like I think there's times, yeah, you know, where you have to focus on just growing your business, right? Like where you know, you don't have to add more education. It's like, okay, cool. We've got good systems. Let's grow the business. And then, you know, that'll uh, kind of hit a good point. And then you switch your focus again, kind of going back and forth, right? Seasons to it all. And uh, I actually wouldn't mind going into the business part a bit because I think, you know, the hard thing for being a trainer, it's not like other jobs where you get a starting position and then you can learn some skills. And it's like, you're either working for someone else, or you open up your own business and you're working for yourself. Yep. But what lessons, if you could look back to when you started your business, what are like the three things you wish you knew starting out? <laughs> it's really tough, you know, to, to give you three because there is so much. You know, big picture, I think, like I, one of my degrees in university was in psychology. And it's funny, I look back and I'm like, it's a load of crap. And what I find is business is actually like real <laughs> psychology, right? You know, if uh, I'm trying to get you as a client, you know, I have to get you to separate with your hard-earned money. I have to get you to buy into, hey, this is how I'm going to get you results, right? Um, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of applied psychology to it. Um, to a certain extent too, right? You know, you need a lot of empathy to be successful in business, right? So I have to understand your problems, understand where you're coming from, and perhaps even articulate it better than you can yourself. Um, so, you know. Where cool. did you learn that? I think people think of successful business people as selfish and greedy. Right. And but, I, I think that's completely wrong, right? Yeah. You know, um, if my business is successful, it's because you know, I've been able to deliver value to you or someone else. Right. And so ultimately that's what I see business as is, you know, um, let's say my service costs X amount. Well, I have to deliver that much value or even more. Right. And if I do more, Hey, we're going to have a long lasting business relationship. Right. Um, so, you know, I guess one of the big pieces of advice that I got was any relationship in business needs to be win-win, mm-hmm. right? If it's not a win-win scenario, it won't last, right? And it goes both ways, right? So if I undercharge, um, you're going to be resentful, exactly. To give the best service you can, right? I'm going to cut corners, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. And yeah. I think that's important for newer coaches to hear because I, you know, I know everyone when they're starting out is, I don't want to say desperate, but like so keen on getting clients that we take away our own value, right? But then you're right. Are you going to actually be able to perform at the service level that you? that you need to, are you going to give somebody your all or because you feel like they cut you out on your service, you're not going to show up a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, going back to, uh, the other ones, I think, especially in personal training, you know, a lot of trainers, they come in with really good intentions and they want to learn and they want to get better as a trainer, but there's no way around it. You have to learn business and you have to become a student of that. I think, uh, you know, like I said, Charles was a huge influence on my career. I think he was poor at teaching business, right? Um, So, you know, that's something I had to go outside of. Where did you go? What was your... Uh, So, I, you know, I had, uh, I was lucky enough to uh, work with, uh, you know, basically a business accelerator. Uh, They do run out of Toronto, uh, but now they're much more online after COVID uh, called Dent. Okay. um, And they're mostly for trainers? Nope. No, they're actually, they tend to specialize more in service-based businesses, Mm -hmm. right? So again, you know, personal training is a service and um, there's some underlying principles there uh, in terms of the business side, right? Um, So yeah, you know, I think kind of like 
in restaurants, right? You might have a chef who's amazing and he opens up his own restaurant. That doesn't guarantee that that restaurant's going to make it, right? If that chef is not well-versed in business or perhaps he doesn't have partners to support that business side, you know, the food could be amazing, but if the service is terrible and there's no ambiance, you know, let's say you want good wine, but you can't get it, that restaurant's not going to make it, right? So kind of the same thing in personal training. You could be a great personal trainer, but if you don't have all these business fundamentals set up, right? And you can't make a living out of it. It doesn't matter how good you are, right? So this is like, it. I want to dig a little deeper into this because I think um, I would love to see the training industry. It's thriving right now, but just continue to thrive. Like I think, um, so there's 839,000 people who are personal trainers. How many millions of people are in the US? 360 million. And this is something I think that, I, I'm going to give Sachin Patel credit. So there's 331 million people, 332 basically million people. So Sachin Patel, he's a functional medicine yep. doctor. And he used to get on stage when we started, um, when I first got to know him, it was like eight years ago. He goes, all of you are worried about like defending your business because you think there's limited people out there. He's like, the problems coming down are so large. We don't have enough people in functional medicine. And most, it's true, you look at most naturopaths, functional medicine doctors, I worked with them for decade almost. They're all worried like, oh, I can't be open close to this person because I need to see, you know, people and they're going to see, and we're competing against each other and trainers are often the same. Like I got to compete against each other. But when you look at that number, 331 million, 332 million, but there's only 900,000 people to service them. Um, like how many people, my math brain's not going to work today. It's a Sunday morning. So if we did 331 million divided by 839,000, how many people would each trainer need to see to, for everyone to have personal training? Way too much. Way too much. Yeah. So what I think is good to understand from this. No, I think, yeah, it's, I think so. Yeah, yeah. probably zero there. So probably call it 360. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you running a very successful personal training business, how many people can you train? Basically at the tops of it, it's probably 10. Right. Yeah. So... You could have a thriving career in personal training with 10 really good clients coming in four times a week, yep. doing 40 hours. You charge $100 yep. an hour, you're, you're not doing bad, right? No. Um, but this idea of like needing to learn the skills out of trying just to always be the one, oh, I got to learn this one extra thing over them. It's like, how do we just, there's obviously not a, a lack of people who need training. Right. But how do we get people? And I, I want to explore this with you a bit because you sort of said it. It's like, I need to get, in, I need to empathize with them. I need to get into their mindset. Yeah. To be able to so, almost better than they know. Yeah. So, I so, so one of the ways that I see it too, you know, uh, you buy anything to solve a problem, mm -hmm. right? You know, why do you have a car? You need to get from point A to point B. That's a problem, right? If you, for example, can't get to work now, like you have a big problem, right? You have to solve that by buying a car. Uh, same thing with personal training, right? Um, we're solving problems for people. It could be completely yeah, like what different. Are the, um, what are the obesity rates? Can we look that yeah. up in the U S right now? Cause I think they're, I think what's, interesting here and it's something i've been trying to figure out we have more trainers than we've ever had but i think yep. the obesity rate's actually higher than it's ever been. right so the problem that not saying that's the main reason people go to training but it's, it's one of them yeah. yeah um 70 million adults yeah. are obese 99 million are overweight wow so i don't know if if I'm reading that correctly, I would think it's 70 million plus 99 or the 70 million within the 99. No, I believe uh, 70 within 99. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So still 100 million that's people. 100 yeah. million people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one problem. Right. So when you're 900,000, again, that's 100 people each. Right. Right. You have 100 obese people each per trainer. Yep. That's, yeah, that's a pretty big problem. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but like, yeah. it's interesting to see this. And like, if you look over at the graph, you guys can't see it, but like, it looks like a hockey, like, any business would love this type of growth. Exactly, trend. right? Yeah. From, from 1975 to 2016, it's like 12%. Is that what that says? Of people all the way up to, yeah. Yeah, you call 30, 35. Yeah, yeah that's like steady. Like yeah. if you invested in that stock, you'd be retiring early. Yeah. But what can, yeah, anyway, so sorry. So it's identifying the problems real. I right. Think. Yeah. And you know, so it's funny too, right? Um, at my gym, I have a contract trainer who works out of there and he specializes in working with people with disabilities. Uh, I've seen him do his work and, uh, you know, I can make the argument that perhaps he needs to get better from a technical standpoint, but he's actually had a disability himself. He had epilepsy. So he ad identifies with the problem that other people who have disabilities have much better than a trainer who is very well versed from a technical standpoint, you know, who can throw in chains, bands, eccentric training 
So because he understands their problems so much better, the challenges, the obstacles that they face, he can connect with them, mm. right? And provide solutions that, you know, they buy into and that they actually need, right? Sort of like you going through the experience as an athlete. Exactly. Or, right? yeah, like Dave Lawrence had a very similar story to you. Or there's a lot of people, it's like we turned our wounds into what we're going to excel at. That's what I love about entrepreneurship. Like right. if you look at most entrepreneurs, what you're seeing them do is solving their own problems through a business. Right. Right. And... I think it's like having that empathy. There's a guy I, I know, uh, um, he's in a networking group. I know his name's Andre Norman. I think I mentioned him on this podcast earlier, but he, and I think this applies to business. So I know it seems like a roundabout story, but he was in prison, um, attempted murder, I think, solitary confinement for two years. He was known as like the uncrowned king of the prison. And then he got released. And now he's made it his mission going into prisons and stopping the crime. So I was sitting up one day, I'm like, what's your technique that's like, look, why is it so impactful? He goes, when I walk in and I speak to these guys, there's a sense of like the way we speak, the, like I've lived in their shoes, they're going to respect me. If you walk in and try to like teach me what to do, mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to you. Like, who are you? Yeah, you don't like, have that yeah, credibility. I, yeah. Right. So um, what I think is crucial and you're hitting on is this idea, and you sort of said it earlier, like you need to live and breathe exactly what you want your clients to follow right because a deep level of like knowing and being authentic there i think i think people can pick up on exactly and you take that to an extreme because i think like you have an off the grid type house yeah no wi-fi yep. organic food like you fully have jumped into like living the lifestyle you're representing right and have you seen is there any way you've ever quantified it like you investing in yourself getting to that level paying off an roi in your business uh, it's it's a number that's difficult to crunch, right? But kind of going back to my story where, you know, I lost it all, right? It's uh, it's one of those things where I kind of hit rock bottom and it's like, you can never do it again. Uh, it's not going to be a popular opinion, but the other half is too, right? Like um, I have a wife and a newborn son, right? If I don't take care of myself, it's actually the most selfish thing I can do for them, right? Hey, we talk about on airplanes. Like yep. if you're airplane, put the mask on you before you're 100%. Right. And, uh, you know, they depend on me. So, you know, I have to take care of myself so I can be at my best for them, but also for my business as well. Yeah. Like I do a small amount of coaching on the side for people and my method's called the Hardy method. And I always get people to start with the why, mm -hmm. not like Simon Siddick, but like the youthfulness, the base, like you, if you're not youthful and vibrant, like yep. nothing else in your life is going to work, but it's interesting seeing trainers. And it's like, one thing I try to get across, especially with people I bring on is the, another trend I've noticed. So it's like, yeah, you're forever student, but then it's like you're investing in your health as much as you expect your clients to invest in their right, health. Right. That's the ones that separate the people who are in here as like for a marathon versus, versus being in here for a sprint. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you tell yourself? Like, I want you to imagine you're like just starting training again and you're like desperate for any hour to be booked or any client. Like, yep. how much do you guard that hour a day for four or five days a week where you're going to strength train? The funny part is looking back at it, you have so much free time at that point. So, yeah. you know, um, you'll get, you'll fit those hours in or so those workouts in whenever you but get let's say when you don't have that free time, so yeah. your, your business is now starting to thrive. And, you know, we saw those, those statistics and you have eight or nine people a day who want to train with you. Right. How do you boundary yourself that you keep that out? So, you know what, it's funny, <laughs> uh, this one I did learn from Charles and this was a great piece of business advice. Uh, he said, you know, if you're training so many people that uh, you can't get your own workouts in, chances are your prices are too low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, um, if uh, you can raise your rates, right? Like, you know, let's say you're training 10 hours a day, you raise your rates by 10%. Well, you know what? You can make the same amount, cut one client out and there's your hour back. Right. So um, it's just, uh, again, I think it's the mindset too, like you said, of uh, investing in yourself. I think that's kind of one of the ones that's more rare, right? You know, personal training and working out is still kind of looked at in society as a whole as a touch fringe, right? Like it's crazy. Hey, you work out four or five times a week, right? That's that's not normal, right? You know, it's crazy. But like, I don't know if you've noticed this. Yeah. Like I, I was sitting around friends one day and I was like, wait, Everyone I hang out with works out four times a week. Right. Everybody I hang out with eats a relatively healthy diet. Like in my universe, the average person has sort of faded away. Right. But then I got to look at statistics to remind myself of yeah. the averages. Right. And so, you know, kind of going back to it, right? The average person doesn't invest themselves, right? You know, um, I kind of put the numbers like this one way too, where uh, I have a lot of clients who are executives involved 
in like construction and that sort of stuff. And it's like, for what it costs to work with us for a full year, like you can't even renovate your bathroom, right? Or you, cra- like you, how many times do people go out for dinner? Right. And, but like, here's yeah. the thing, you know, you train with us for a full year, we'll completely change your life, right? In terms of health, how you look, how you feel. Do you flex the arm? No. <laughs> but, uh, but. Can you guys see how big his yeah. arms are? But the They're honest massive, truth is yeah. too, right? Most people will choose the bathroom yeah. over, you know. But it's what we were talking about yeah. before, like even back to the PRP, like. Yeah. Are you going to do the simple thing that's difficult to do? Or right. are you going to do the difficult thing that's simple to right. do? And that was a lesson I had to learn because I always tried to like, I knew too much. I was like, oh, I'll just take this supplement or that supplement, yep. you know. But um, it's a big reason why we developed this power pack actually is A, we empathize with our client. Like most of our strength coaches, dietitians who work in schools or uh, teams when they're dealing with like 60 players, they don't want to have to like, it's yep. hard to, right? So it's an easy, but it's your basics. Yep. And I had to do the same thing because if you look at my supplement regime, most people think I'm a drug addict. Yeah. Like I walk around with a little packet. I got like 15, 20 pills. Yep. Yep. And I found a lot of strength coaches and dietitians who are bought into supplements. They do the same thing and they're like, oh, but you should take all these things. Yep. But when we sat back and we looked at like our average person, like we have a that we call it the daily power packs, like two yep. multi, two fish oil, a vitamin D and a magnesium. That's your basics. Right. And that's already leaps bounds and you know above what somebody normally does 100 percent. same as like coming in and training the basics yeah 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 and it's it's empathizing too with the customer where you know you see how i did that sales page. yeah exactly is that good do you yeah. want to buy a power pack yeah. Are you i already did in? okay <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> just put an order yeah good uh yeah so you know again uh, a lot of people uh kind of like we talked about you know designs for health has a ton of great stuff that's a little bit more um you know niche or uh like uh out there and they work great but it's like for the most part you know get people to cover those fundamentals i look like i see our sales trend right it's like we so we're it's funny designs for sport tries to mirror a lot of the same things you're saying about training so like for us it's like okay what's the foundationals for supplements it's you take what you absorb so like first thing we want to make all the basics like the most absorbable form so Mm -hmm. you look at our fish oil it's like 100 percent, you know try or 95 percent triglyceride 995 percent so you're going to absorb it a lot better than an ethyl ester. Mm-hmm. Our forms of vitamin or minerals are in their highest chelated forms. And it's like getting those basics down yep. will always win, which is why DFH has been around 32, 33 years. And we're like the top one or two brand in the professional space. Yep. And we want to take that into, into sports and supplements. But if you look at it, it's a fractal of like training. It's like get really good at the basics, give people the- 100%. Yeah. Yep. yep. Was that too pitchy? <laughs> Maybe Was that too pitchy? Yeah. <laughs> Little bit? <laughs> Yeah, I'll pull back the pitch, guys. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit. I just get really passionate about supplements. That's it's bad. Yeah, it's like all I think about. Um, but yeah, so yeah, sorry. So going back to like how you live and breathe this. So you, you're like a big biohacking fan. Is that the right way to? I mean, that, 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 that yeah. That? When you look at it, the thirty thousand foot view, sure, right? Yeah. Yep. So, what are the biohacks you're doing in your life right now that you think are outside of the basics for the people who are ready to get outside of the basics? I don't think I don't think they're outside the basics. They're outside of uh, you know common knowledge. Okay. But I think they are so fundamental that because they're kind of they kind of run uh, under the radar, they're easy to neglect, right? So the big one I think is a lot of people right now aren't thinking about the light that are, that they're exposed to, right? Um, you know, twelve hours a day, right? You're spo- supposed to be supposed to be exposed to light. Uh, it can be natural sunlight or it could be artificial light, right? Uh, I think I saw a study a little while ago. Your average person today gets less outside time than your average prisoner, right? Especially, uh, I think COVID really, because yep. like we've made um, virtual such a common thing now, like Zoom calls or Google Meets or Teams or whatever. Yep. Whereas before... I would like go in-person meetings and like you're walking outside a bit. Yep. Maybe you go to a patio for lunch or something, but it, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Right. I didn't, it's right. And you yeah, know, you think about it too, fact. like, uh, you know, again, we're around the same age, but when I was a kid, like you didn't watch a ton of TV, you played outside. We did wrestling. We went on a bike, right? <laughs> uh, like, super soakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we I didn't remember have, we didn't have cell phones. Nope. No, no. Right. I remember I got one hour video games on Saturday and that was it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, like uh, the big hack is starting to think about your light environment, right? So kind of going back to my story, um, you know, I had that degenerative knee issue. So the one that moved the needle the most and actually got me back and, you know, I actually will credit it with me being able to have a career because otherwise I wouldn't be able, be able to train 
was actually uh, the combo of red light therapy and uh, designs for health collagen. Right? Like, so, the ju- like the juve? Uh, so I didn't use juve and we can touch on that if you want. I'm not a fan of it. I have a different brand. What brand do you use? Uh, it's called Mitogen, but there are other good brands too. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was actually what got my knee back. Uh, 100% combined it with uh, Designs for Health Collagen. Which is the same as Designs for Sport, just yep. the NSF certified. Yeah. How much call? Because you're a big boy. How many? How much collagen were you taking? Uh, uh, what is it? I think I just did a scoop in my coffee. Every that morning. was it. Yeah, yeah. So wow. I didn't have to take a ton. Okay. Yep. I take like four a day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I it was a Mark Sisson podcast. You remember him? Yep. He was like, no, you collagen should be considered a food group. Like you need thirty to forty grams a day. So since yep. he said that, I've been like overdosing it. But that's fair. Yeah. yeah. It gets expensive though. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. You probably well, get a better deal than I do. I a little yeah. bit. It's yeah. also really high quality, right? Yeah. So talking about like high quality versus yeah. 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 Um, but so, okay. So light, I actually, yeah, like I, um, Sachin and I have had a lot of conversations about this cause he's so it's funny. He's big into functional medicine, but I've seen him evolve to where like breath work, light, cold exposure, like these untouched, like these like yep. unsellable things really right. are the things that impact you the most. Like he won't, he has no overhead lights past eight o'clock on in his house. Yep. Like it's candlelight or yep. like salt lamps, something that's a little bit dimmer. Yep. Do you follow the same thing? Uh, variation of it. So yeah. the way I think about it is um, you need to be thinking about blue light, right? Mm-hmm. So again, a lot of modern lighting, uh, very high in blue. And so what a lot of people don't know is that blue light will actually spike your cortisol, destroy melatonin and uh, raise your blood sugar. So what? For people who don't know, like you, you talked about far infrared, blue, like what are, what's the easiest way to represent this in nature for people to understand? Sunlight is going to have all spectrum of that, mm-hmm. right? Blue is kind of what wakes you up. So in the morning, right? like there's more blue light in the sun? Exactly. So that's designed to wake you up again. You know, we kind of know uh, when you're sleeping, your melatonin levels are high, cortisol is low, sunrise comes up, that blue light drops your melatonin, raises your cortisol, gets you, you, gets you waking up, right? Uh, the big nuance there is that that blue light from the sun is actually balanced with a lot of red. So I think if I recall correctly, sunlight all day is about 42% red. That doesn't vary too much. It's the blue and the UV that varies throughout the day. And like to your point, how many people are waking up? Because a lot of people, like even me, yeah. um, need like that caffeine hit in the morning. Right. But- I think traditionally our caffeine hit, quote unquote, was that blue light first thing. Right. And how many people, to your point earlier, of like we get less sunlight than a prisoner. Right. So actually, yeah, ask, ask yourself this. How many people do you think actually see the sunrise every morning? I think it's easier when you're in Canada and it's the winter because the sunrise is at like 9, 9 a.m. Yeah. But, um, but no, you know, yeah, going back like, to it, yeah. that's, that's one of those fundamentals where, uh, you know, okay, call it, uh, you know, more than 100 years ago, right? That's something that would happen day in, day out. Right. So, is and there how any, many people see the sunset? That too. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, or, you know, again, part of it too, like, when was the last time that you spent the full day outside? Me personally? Yeah. I, I like to do that often, but yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, right? a lot of but people. But a lot of people don't, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, like I said, you know, they're getting less sunlight than a prisoner. They're, they might go out, their sunlight exposure is probably their walk from their car to their office, right? And they're probably wearing long sleeve shirts. That too, right? Yeah sunscreen all over their body yeah sunglasses too to block all that right so you know what's interesting i i don't this could be bro science guys but i stopped wearing sunglasses because i read that when you wear sunglasses you send a signal that you're in the dark so your skin will think that there's no sun out so you can get burnt a lot exactly yep i've stopped wearing sunglasses i don't need them anymore and i can't remember the last time i got burnt it doesn't matter how long i'm in the sun there's your good hack right yeah yeah because yeah again sunglasses right you know um Again, that's one that was created, what, call it 50 years ago, maybe 60? Can you look up the invention? Yeah. I love that you're here. This is like yeah. professional. Guys, we're in this really cool studio in um, Ottawa, Canada. Um, what's the name of your studio? Down to the Wire Studio. Down to the Wire Studio. So we have like our own Jamie from Joe Rogan yeah. pumping out some stuff. But you're right, like sunglasses. And it's funny, like... Um, Actually, so you want oh, to know Well, they were invented in, 19, in 1752. Okay. So, but I, it was probably for the elite. Those were sick looking. Yeah. Can you see them? Yeah, look at those, the spectacles. Uh, anyway, sorry. So uh, yeah, so the crazy one too is, um, this is one that a lot of people don't know is uh, the sunglasses as well, especially in the morning. Uh, you have a lot of tyrosine in your eye and when the light hits that, that tyrosine becomes dopamine, right? So think about what's going on when you're wearing sunglasses all the time. So you're not getting, so for guys, for people who don't understand, tyrosine's an amino. Yep. 
uh, and it helps. Precursor to dopamine. Yeah, exactly. Dopamine is your drive, your motivation. It's your it ability may- to link thoughts, right? And so uh, the, the other one that I, I like telling my athletes is um, dopamine actually determines how hard you're going to train. And you know what I want to know is how much does the phone's blue light d- destroy your – like um, macular generation is like a personal like thing I'm interested in just because yeah. of family stuff. And it's like how much is TV and like – yeah, so cell it's, phone exposure. It's, and it's you know what it's destroying too is actually uh, DHA in the eye, right? So that's why the we're power, fighting power everyone. Pack. Yeah, do you want me to do another pitch? Huge. The yeah. power pack has two really high dose capsules of DHA. Yeah, yeah. anyways, right? So and like everyone's marinating in that stuff, right? Um, so that's why fish oils and uh, fish consumption, like that's huge. And then the other thing too is we used to eat a lot of fish, right? Right. It's, it's funny, like you step out of it, and like these yeah. biohacks are really just like how to live. Back it's, in well, the day. so it's funny. I think it all started too with the paleo diet, which Lauren uh, Cordain, yeah. right? And so the paleo diet was basically the way I see it is just eat real food, right? Like, and all we're doing is expanding on that idea now, right? It's funny that like that's a hard thing for people is like eat real whole food, right? Like, yeah, that we've come so far from it. I th- like think about when we were in school, the cafeteria food. Yep. I think when I, so I took environmental science in school and um, our parents' generation was the last generation to get 100% real food in their diet. Yep. Because our generation, we already had the GMO stuff and um, processed, processed foods, foods and yep. sugars and all that. Like, so, and there's all this, the, the theory now that like our generation is going to be the first time ever in history where we have a lower life expectancy than our parents. Yep. yep. So getting back to these, like, it's funny, biohacking is really just like going about like getting sunlight in your eyes. Well, don't you, have you, sun too, you, don't you, have yeah, light too late. You, yeah. You want to think about it too, right? Like, um, you know, a lot of trainers want to go crazy into the science and research all, uh, surrounding all of it. My thing is, you know what? Nature has what a billion years worth of randomized control trials, right? Like, <laughs> That's well, how like, yeah, like, look, 1752, I know you're saying glasses are 50 yep. years ago, but relative to human, uh, how long we've been on the planet, that's a very short amount of time. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's like getting in nature, sunlight. So here's the one story I like to tell uh, my clients too, right? Because I find a lot of them, uh, like I got a lot of business people, they don't want to hear the research. They just want like, tell me what tell to me do, what to do yeah. and like convince me, right? So uh, it's a very good book. Uh, I forget who recommended it to me. It's called Manthropology. So in it, they talk about um, in Australia, I forget when it was, probably the early 90s, they found uh, a lake bed with human footprints, okay? Measure the footprints and they're like, holy crap, whoever this guy was, right? And it was some historic Aboriginal was actually running faster than Usain Bolt, right? No training, no nutrition knowledge, right? Like His training was probably just his everyday life. Right. Like, um, so, so yeah. my whole thing is, you know what? We have this vast amount of training knowledge, nutrition, health knowledge, right? But nature figured it all out before us, right? Like, so we kind of have to figure out what were, what um, was nature's rules? There is a guy, what's his name? He's an artist. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he lived in the, he lived with his tribe in Africa. Okay. If you look him up on YouTube. So he spoke about like these guys would just run all yeah. day long. He's like, no one was depressed. Right. No one was anxious. There was like none of these like low, like these, these energies that we're dealing with now. Yep. Um, no. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Famous. Oh, David Cho. Yeah yeah. 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 So he, if you guys haven't seen his story about like the Hadza tribe, it's crazy. He's yep. like, yeah, they'll just stick their hand in like, a bee nest and yeah, like yeah. pull the honey out and like they don't get stung and yeah. he's like they're like superhero humans but really they're just like what humans used to be before all the comfort exactly yeah. and um how much of that is just because like we were built in a certain we evolved in a certain way where it was like sunlight was good for us going to bed with the moon was good yeah. not too much like rest and recover jordan here's a big idea i want to get across to yeah. you too. and this is what the way i talk about it with my clients okay a lot of people come to us and they're like they want to train to get healthier I think it's the opposite. Get healthy so you can get the most out of your training, right? Mm. So when we start putting in some of these principles, right? Like seeing the sunrise in the morning, right? That You kind of know too, that sets your circadian rhythm. I talked about it with uh, increasing dopamine. And people don't know, circadian rhythm is almost like your natural clock to the day. So like exactly. when your energy will spike, when you're supposed to have energy. Right. Yeah, like here's, here's the analogy that I use, right? <laughs> like imagine you have an orchestra full of like professional players, right? Or sorry, professional musicians. Um, and they're putting together this symphony, but you have no conductor. It's just not going to sound right, 
right? You need that conductor to line everything up to make this beautiful music, mm -hmm. right? So uh, your circadian rhythm, that's going to influence all your hormones as well, right? Um, so what we found is once people start hitting on those fundamentals, results just come a lot easier and a lot more consistently. Yeah, and um, they're free to work on. Right. And that's something it's like... And that's kind of what I say too. It's like I, I, I tell my clients like, here's how you know I'm not bullshitting you. I can't sell it to you. But it's so hard. It's funny how hard it is for people now. Like even I've gotten way better. I think my cell phone use was through the roof before. And yep. now I've been able to like really step away. And like, it's one of the, actually my favorite things about doing this podcast. Like it's an hour where I'm with you and yep. like, yeah, we have a screen here we're looking at, but I'm in it. And it's like, I can feel this. I get this like high after a podcast. Right. It's like, it's a focused hour of like presence. Yep. And these things are so hard for people to like step into now. They're so scared to be alone with their thought and like mm -hmm. bored. Yep. And yeah, it's like, it's, in, I like your idea of like, do all the things so you can train properly. Right. Versus like training so you think you can get healthy. Right. And you kind of know this too, right? Like, uh, I can give you the best training program, but if your sleep is shit because you're on your cell phone till, <laughs> you know, I'm actually at night. seven to eight pounds up from my, I just did like 14, no, I've been 20 days now traveling all these different cities. Yep. My and I'm actually inflamed, and my diet really hasn't changed much. My training was still on point, right? But it was the sleep, lack of sleep, right? So you know when uh, people work with us, right? I'm trying to take responsibility for your results, right, and find those blind spots. So if that's something that you know we don't address, right, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, and it's you know like again, we sell supplements at a company, uh, you know, for what we do as our business, and it's like these are great supportive tools, right? So like if somebody comes to me and is like, Jordan, what should I take for sleep? I'm like, oh, we got neural complex, which is MAC3 and 8, or we got our sleep yep. complex. Those are great. But like really what you should be doing is take some deep breaths, take a hot shower, stretch before bed, take these supplements. Yep. Then you're going to really see a difference in your rest and recovery. But compared to just taking the supplement, like having those additive lifestyle benefits. Yeah. They all work synergistically yeah. together, right? So you want to cover all your bases, right? Um you know, the other half is too, right? Like something like magnesium, you're supposed to get that from your food. It's just, it's not even in the soil. Right. Like I, you know I mean, I should say a disclaimer, but yeah, when I was in school, we studied soil from 1974 versus like 2003. I can't, it was around that time period. Magnesium, selenium, selenium, and zinc were not in the soil. Right. So if you look at our biggest deficiencies now, low magnesium, and yep. what is that? Like anxiety, muscle crampness, yep. like restless leg syndrome, all that stuff zinc for like testosterone regulation yep. immune yep and um selenium thyroid function like yep. if you look what's happening now versus this it all fits together yeah. right yep so you use the supplements to uh kind of bridge that gap right yep we thank you for having you on um you want to talk another cool one i got a yeah, cool one too ahead, you yeah. might know about so uh you know i talked a little bit about light or do we leave it as a cliffhanger for the uh, next episode no, no let's get it now, yeah. uh so um this is a cool one that a lot of people know because it's one of my favorite products from designs for health is um the curcumin veil chewables right okay. great for inflammation in my past i actually had a ton of gut issues and like if anything creeps up, that's that's the big one uh, that I find really helps. And for DFS, we have our curcumin uh, complex, which is a similar product. Same yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, what a lot of people don't know is uh, your gut actually has the most vitamin D and UV light receptors, right? Um, what's super cool is so you just shine a flashlight with an open mouth. No. So what's super oh, cool is I know uh, where you're going. Uh, curcumin. Oh, I thought you were going the other way. Is is actually uh, they're doing studies on it where um, they look at what's called. Um, uh, light absorption spectra. So okay. basically, they shine it light with light, and they're figuring out what it's absorbing. It's absorbing UV light. So what happens is, you take that curcumin, UV light actually gets released in your gut to normalize things. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there's a clip on YouTube. You can look at it, and it's like um, I forget exactly how they do it, but they See, put that, it, they put it in a suspension, and it just glows purple. And you know what's interesting is, like for anti aging purposes, this is where my mind just went, and I have yeah. no research linking what you're saying what I'm going to say, but. Rhonda Patrick, I believe it was her, was on the Joe Rogan podcast or it was on the Dave Asprey podcast. And they talked about how curcumin 2X is your glutathione reception yep. and 2X is your glutathione production. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, it's like, is how much glutathione or like what's our antioxidant effect of getting proper light? Yeah. And maybe that's the mechanism. Yep. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this is a You link, know what, but, but that's the crazy part too is there's um, curcumin. It's been one of those ones, right? Comes from turmeric that's been around for so long right and we're just still figuring out exactly how it works nature gave us everything right. i believe like i right. you look at even like um 
So to me, it's yeah. kind of like trying to figure out how did nature design this and figure out what's their what's her code. Oh, we could go down such yeah. a rabbit hole there. Yeah. Did nature design it or do? Did, yeah, maybe nature and designed it. So, so funny, us. same yeah. thing too, right? Like we know uh, ginger really good for your stomach as well. Again, source of UV light, resveratrol, right? So a lot of it does link back to light as well. And if you look at the blue zones in the world, aren't all of them close to the equator? Most of them? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I believe you're right. Can we look that up? Yeah. Where where all the blue zones are. So we have, uh, where in Costa Rica? It's Nosara. Yep. And then we have like Sardinia. Sardinia. Yeah, which is near the equator. The one I, I think uh, is changing though was it was uh, Loma Linda in California. I don't so, think I don't think they're anymore. Why? Just from our yeah. Look at look. Literally, can you scroll in? Can you yeah? So we have Okinawa, Japan. Which if you scroll over, yeah, these are all in within sort of the equator. Yeah, like that one line. Yeah. Oh, I want to go to Greece. Have you ever been to Greece? No. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Or Sardinia. I've never been there. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, no, and this is all, I, I love the message here. So, I think, like, the way I like to end these episodes is, like, what are three things people can take away? So, I think, tell me if this is a good summary. So, one is, like, be the constant student. Try stuff out for yourself. Um, you know, training along that same lines, too, it's a practice. Yeah. Right? You know, if you just, you know, clock in, clock out, right? it's not a career that you're going to be happy with and you're not going to get no. results with it. Right. So if, uh, you know, you're constantly training yourself and you're trying to get your clients the best results by learning, right. It'll all work out. Okay. I love yeah. that. Um, I think I love this idea of like, get healthy so you can train. Right. Like the, and, and the way you sort of phrase it, like, you know, I'm not bullshitting you cause I'm not trying to make money on it. Yeah. Like, get all those other supportive basic things, sleeping well, good yep. light expo exposure, you know, I love that you're in a Wi-Fi free house, yeah. like all those things. And what would be the last message you'd want everyone to remember? That's a tough one. We covered a lot, right? Like, um, you know, maybe the one is the one big idea we talked about was, uh, you know, for the trainers, every business relationship needs yes. to be a win-win. Yes. I right? love that. Yeah. So, you know, you, uh, you can think about it too with your clients, right? Like you're entering a partnership, right? No partnership will last if one person that's, is getting more than the other that's in our mantra at dfs yeah. like we're we're here we like we want to be your like support system and what right. we're good at right and yeah. you know if uh you know you make your clients successful they're going to make you successful as well yes yeah yep. well thank you so um if people do want to find you do you have an instagram yeah we're on instagram at, uh at point one so there's i think three underscores there because someone stole the handle already so p-o-i-n-t underscore yep. or o-n-e yeah okay yeah and then or uh, is it at underscore point Nope. Point okay. triple underscore one. Triple underscore. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. uh, we're also uh, online too. Most people visit our website, point one dot fit. Okay. Yep. Uh, perfect. And I'm Jordan. If you want to find me, it's born underscore uh, underscore boxer, B-O-K-S-E-R. So thank you very much for coming perfect. on. Thank you. And it was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll yep. see you soon. Cheers. Thank you, everyone. Thank you again for joining us in Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer, and we just want to thank you from everyone at Designs for Sport for giving us your time and attention. We hope to continue to bring you episodes that will help pique your interest and help you elevate your career so we can elevate the industry. Thank you.